peoples of the worldwide federated internet. What's good? for a little bit couple days kind of took a break which was good I was you know in my bible reading a bunch of different things and reading the gospel of John so we're going to return back to the gospel of John chapter 7 I'm gonna begin on verse 40 even though that's the verse we left off on but that verse is connected so the preceding verse and it kind of wouldn't make sense just to start at verse 41 you'll see as I read so anyway Let's get into this. All right. So verse 40, many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying said of truth, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? So there's debate about who the Lord Jesus Christ is because they're 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 going through different scriptural references. I'm pretty sure they memorize some of these things um, and they're trying to figure out, OK, what's going on? Is Christ supposed to come out of Galilee? Isn't he supposed to come out of out of Bethlehem? And we'll, we'll read something further about that. But let me get to verse 42. Hath not the scripture said the, uh, that Christ cometh of the seed of David? out of the town of Bethlehem where David was. So they're, they're, they're trying to connect the, the biblical reference, what they're seeing. Right. And they're like, yo, Christ is from Galilee. Now he was raised in Nazareth. Right. But where was he born? And that led me to think to myself, did any of these people bother to ask Christ about this, right? Because there's nothing wrong with, with checking what you're hearing against the Bible. But I wonder, and I don't think anybody did because I mean, it's not recorded. If it did happen, it's not recorded. And I believe if this was something that happened, I am fully convinced it would have been recorded. Why didn't any of these people go to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him this question? They would have found out had they done that that he was indeed born in Bethlehem. We're going to look at two portions of scripture um, that were that was fulfilled with him being born in Bethlehem. Um, we're going to look or one scripture, at least we're going to look at. I think it's the book of Micah, chapter five and verse two. All right. But thou Bethlehem. Uh, Ephratah, thou, uh, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, 
from everlasting. Now, that's something to think about what what the Bible says about the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to that again. Again, and I think, again, this is reference to the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not mere man, 100% man and 100% God. Listen to what this says one more time. But thou, Bethlehem, uh, Ephrata, however that's pronounced, I know I'm probably screwing that all up, as I often do. (laughs) Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be rule of Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. And who's the only other that is referred to in this way in the Bible? God says from everlasting to everlasting. The Bible says from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. Hidden in these verses, God was was showing his truth to those who would pay attention at the time. But many weren't paying attention. Excuse me. I'm glad I put that that mute button in there for when I cough and things like that. Anyway, got me feeling professional as I'm recording. I'm an amateur over here. Trust me. All right. So back to the Gospel of John and chapter seven. I think we were at verse 43. All right. So. All right. So had they. Again, looking at verse 42, had they asked this question of the Lord Jesus Christ, it would have been answered them. I believe if they would have asked him this question, he would have let them know he was actually born in Bethlehem. And we find that in the Gospel of Luke chapter, um, let's see, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 5. All right. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Uh, And this taxation was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Now, that word espoused, it means betrothed, um, uh, fiancéed, promised in marriage, contract, married, united, uh, intimately embraced. So when somebody was espoused, it was a foregone conclusion. This was your wife. It, it wasn't things. Things during this time were much different than things are now. When there were promises and vows made, it was as good as done. So this was this was Joseph's wife. Remember, he was going to put her away when he found out she was pregnant. And then uh, uh, the angel came to him and let him know, yo, 
this is what's going on. Right. And Joseph was a was an honorable man. He was going to put her away secretly. He wasn't he wasn't trying to blast her. Now, according to the law, you know, him not knowing what was going on, I believe he could have, if I'm not mistaken. But it just it to me, it shows the heart of Joseph. He wasn't he wasn't I, I don't think he was the type of person that was trying to put somebody on blast. Right. He was trying to understand what was going on and he was going to put Mary away secretly and just kind of sweep the thing under the rug and make it go away. All right. Uh, so uh, back to Luke. Um, so they're in the, they're in the, uh, Bethlehem uh, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there. Uh, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So here it is fulfilling the scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ born in Bethlehem. It amazes me that all this murmuring and all these questions these people had, but none of them would ask him this question specifically. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I don't have an answer. Verse 43. So there was division among the people because of him. So, the, you know, people are divided. There's people in one camp that believe one thing, people in another camp that believe another thing. And they're going back and forth on these issues. Uh, verse 44, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. And I'm convinced the reason this was is for several reasons. But the big overarching reason is it doesn't matter. I always say this. We do have free will. You are you are free to make decisions, even bad decisions, but you are not going to undo God's purpose. God's will will be done. I always say you will either be in the way or in the way, but God's will will be done regardless and in spite of us. And that's what we see happening here. They didn't lay hands on him. His time wasn't yet full come. So uh, verse 45, then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees and they said unto them, why have ye not brought him? The officers answered, never man spake like this. Now, remember, Nicodemus, who is one of the Pharisees, he said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles unless God be with him. So they I believe that some of these officers were among the people who actually believed the Lord Jesus Christ was exactly who he said he was and here for the exact purpose that he stated, even though they didn't understand all the details. And I believe some of these officers were part of that crowd, which is, again, one of the reasons. That's why I said there's many reasons. And I think that was one of the reasons they didn't lay hands on him. They were like, yo, again, so they, they already are inclined to believe what he's saying because they've seen the miracles and now they're hearing him speak and they're like, they're probably scratching their heads like, yo, we have never heard any of these Pharisees 
any of these high priests, we've never heard anyone speak in this manner. This man is speaking with authority. And when we hear his words, we can perceive and understand that this is the truth. These are people that really want to know the truth, I think, which is why they were in that predicament. All right. So uh, was that verse 46? So now verse 47, then answered the Pharisees, are ye also deceived? Now, isn't this something? The very people who are deceived, asking the people who are beginning to see truth, are they deceived? Verse, uh, uh, where's that? Verse 48. Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? What they don't know is now, I don't know if Nicodemus had had fully committed himself to believing uh, what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying. If he has not fully believed at this point, I think he was really close and we'll kind of see some of that in his interaction with the with the rest of his uh, pharisaical brethren. Um. But uh, but this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Here's what's funny about what they're saying about the people who don't know the law being cursed. Uh, Galatians 310. Uh, let me get to it. Galatians 310. This is what it says about the law and being cursed for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse for it is written cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them so if you can't keep every law and every commandment continually without ever tripping up you're cursed and we know these sad these uh pharisees definitely weren't holding to everything written within the law. And there are several things that the Lord Jesus Christ pointed out in dealing with them. Right. So here it is. They're calling these people here cursed. When in all actuality, hold on, I went back to the wrong chapter. I went to chapter one, but in all actuality, they are the ones that are accursed. They are the ones that are blind, but yet they're pointing at everyone else talking about everyone else when they can't really see what's going on out. Now, now check what, check what Nicodemus says to them and look how they pretty much avoid his legitimate biblical question and move on to semantics. Um, verse 50, Nicodemus saith unto them, he that came to Jesus by night, being one of them. So it's letting you know, this is the same Nicodemus that came to the Lord Jesus Christ that wanted to get some questions answered. And he said, we know thou art a teacher come from God, right? This is that Nicodemus. Doth our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth. So Nicodemus is like, yo, can we judge a man according to the law without hearing his case and knowing what's going on? Can we just judge a man without cause nah you can't do that biblically according to the law right remember the law you had if you brought any accusation against a man you had to have uh i think two or more witnesses you had that you had to bring 
So they're just bringing accusations. They don't even have any legitimate reasons. And Nicodemus is rightfully so pointing this out. Right. So here it is. They're talking about these people that don't know the law and they themselves are not keeping the law. This is is it's kind of it's kind of sad. Um, I don't know if I was born at this time. Would I be any different? I probably would have been amongst the Pharisees deceived. I'm, I'm glad I'm thankful to God that somebody brought me the gospel and I was able to understand the gospel and and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But these people, these these Pharisees, they have no idea what's going on. They think they're following the law. They're following the letter of the law. Oh, for sure. But they don't really know what's going on. Uh, verse, uh, 52 then answered and said, un- and, and they answered and said unto him, talking to Nicodemus, art thou also of Galilee search and look for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. Now, this is what I call a non-argument. Nicodemus brought to them a legitimate biblical critique based on the actual Bible, not his feelings, not his emotions, what they bring to him, really what it amounts to is an emotional response, right? They're like, yo, nothing good is coming out of Galilee. Search through the Bible. Do you see a prophet coming out of Galilee? Okay, well, that's not an argument. Make your case biblically. Okay, yeah. you, you, you can say that, but dispute what Nicodemus is saying biblically, and they can't. They know I see a, I see this a lot. If you read through the Gospels and you see the interactions with the Pharisees, you see this a lot. There'll be a legitimate biblical challenge and they'll answer with something without citing any scripture, going to any reference. And it'll be just some some kind of cultural response. And it's like, yo, here it is. You men are arguing about who is you know, rightly applying the law, who's under the law, who knows the law. But then when you make your arguments, it's void of anything biblical, kind of crazy. In verse 53, in and off the chapter, and every man went into his own house. So the Lord Jesus Christ is, is, is stirring up some things amongst the people. He's getting people to ask some questions. He's getting people to ponder and think about the things that he's saying. And I think the biggest problem for the Pharisees is they don't really care. My opinion this is just my opinion. They don't really care about truth. And I think many of them in their in their heart, they're they're striving against what they know he's saying. And they know that what he's speaking is truth, but they're fighting against it anyway because they want control. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about the Messiah. They don't care about they don't care about what the Bible actually says. The only thing they're concerned with is maintaining control. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.